Lynn? Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering when I can start to make a schedule for uh, the show that goes on the air in a month that we have shot none of yet. Sorry. You're sorry? I'm... Yes. I'm sorry, women. Wim women? Yes, I please, on behalf of all women, please let you all know that I'm very fucking sorry. Okay, uh, we accept your apology, and I'm just wondering if I can. Terrific. Welcome to Narratively Speaking, the podcast that explores the power of story in all its forms, its role in society, and how it helps to shape the ideas we think we believe in. I'm your work in progress host, Harv, and today we're going to discuss the Louis C.K. story. However, definitely not because I need to have someone to share the blame with me at the end of this for uh, having any morsel of sympathy for Louis C.K. Um, I've brought on Joel Pierce. Hashtag okay. me too. Hashtag me too. Uh, aka JP, yeah, who uh was in our what episode was it 2028? Mm -hmm. yeah. Where we talked about rewriting your story using narrative therapy, yeah. Uh, that was a good episode. That one, uh, how are you, Joel? Uh, I should let you speak pretty well. Thanks, <laughs> um, yeah. when I said hashtag me too, I meant me too. I will also take the blame for this podcast, yeah, that's uh, right, not, not the original. Uh, we put three O's in our hashtag, so it's me too. Oh, um, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's very different. It's obvious that uh, it's not it, the same it'll hashtag. Set, it'll set us, set us apart. Uh, and uh, I've been doing good since we last spoke. I've moved along in my stand-up comedy. So in that podcast, I don't think, had you even done an act yet at that point? Or I'd, we, done, I'd done a bunch of open mics. and maybe A couple done, of open mics. Like, yeah, five stretching to get to five minutes a couple of times yeah um, so you're you're our subject matter expert on this because yeah. uh you are a comedian and uh i'm not uh <laughs> even even remotely funny especially on this no, podcast. That's, that is not true you are very a very funny person how are you not on this uh, podcast i'm not okay but i have uh, a lot of trouble when i'm recording by myself yeah. working any humor into it well i assure you you are a very funny man and oh, thank you i appreciate i that. uh yeah so since I, I was talking on that podcast about um, bombing and how I've really, like, I've done well. That's right. You had a desire to bomb. I'd done well at a bunch of open mics and I was feeling, that's know, right. I was like, yeah. but I knew a bomb was coming. Well, later that night, <laughs> I uh, got your wish. I got my wish. I played in the middle of an African hip hop night, uh -huh. which is not a great fucking place for a six foot five uh, white guy with a big beard to get up. <laughs> and tell a joke that may or may not have been considered, well, it was definitely considered racist because after I told the joke, the first joke of my 15 minutes set, of which I had three minutes material to stretch yeah. to 15 minutes, uh, they started booing and calling me a bigot and a racist. And what was, the, can you tell us the joke? Sure. Um, uh, uh, I'll just bleep it out if it's really bad. That's not that bad. Oh, I don't think so anyway. Uh, did you hear about German MasterChef? Uh -huh. It got um it got cancelled recently because uh, they kept burning the Jew. Yeah, how does that? But that doesn't specifically no. offend no. African people. Well, what the the thing was right. 
So the person that was yelling bigot and racist and everything and like let everybody out of the venue. Yeah. I leave the venue at the end and this mother, it's a fucking white guy with dreadlocks, which like made it for me. Like I was, I thought it was the most funny thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, as well as like even bombing for 15 minutes straight with just people staring at you with death. Yeah. There's no music. There's been music all night. Now there's just this fucking guy standing on the stage saying shit that's upsetting everybody. Yeah. And people are leaving in droves. The bar staff are fucking pissed off. Like it was a good night until yeah. I turned up. The um, problem was with the room though. The problem was my fucking asshole mate. <laughs> he was like, man, you'd be fucking aw- like you're stand, you'd be go- you're gonna be awesome at stand up. Let me book you for- like you can come and do a show. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm like I'm not gonna turn down fifty bucks a feed and a couple of beers. Like yeah. fuck. Um, what no comedian would, for that matter, regardless of how much material or how good or bad they are, yeah. if there's so little money in it, like if someone's like, I'll pay you, you know, you're fucking whatever, I can do it. Yeah. I'll fit it in. I'll somehow. try. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll stretch that three minute story I have to 10 yeah. by retelling it twice. Like, you know, I'm out of jokes. I'm just going to start from the top. So do you think maybe that, uh, even if you'd done a different joke, that they still may have. Oh, it was a, it was a fucking lose lose situation. They may have been it predisposed. Was, it was perhaps never gonna work. Yeah, yeah. Like me and, and my mate had even like I took a DJ with me just in case like it went fuck it like it was going real bad and I was like maybe he could drop a song and I was like I can I could like rap yeah. my way out. Nope. No. Tried that. They did not like that either. <laughs> um, and I was just like, all right then, fucking kill it, chaps. All right, back to the jokes then. Uh, yeah. Well. You guys want to hear about the time I got robbed in Harlem? You know, um, how long were you up for? Fifteen. I play. I, I I did about. I was got to about eleven minutes. Yeah. And one of my mates was by the stage, and I like called him over and off mic was like, "Get that motherfucker the fuck up here! And get me <laughs> off this fucking stage! Like, yeah. why the fuck am I still up here?" <laughs> And he ran up and Tubi. It's good to know you're a professional enough to keep going. Until, oh, yeah. And yeah. Tubi like slowly wanders up to the front of the fucking thing. Like I've ruined his show and he's still calm as fucking can be. Yeah. The artists that went on after me that were the headliners were very compassionate and lovely to me. They're like, it's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault at all. Now, but- if, if you had a bigger Twitter presence, that might have been the end of your career. Right. Yeah. I mean, I- that's where the cancel culture lives. It's oh. where. You make one mistake, it goes on Twitter, everybody piles on, and uh, you get you get banned if you yeah. had contracts or whatever coming up. Yeah, or, and know. I like yeah, you see stuff like that, not to the larger extent, but in the community in Melbourne, mm. where you know someone said something, someone did this, someone is did it that. happening in the in the comedy world? Yeah. So what's an example of that? Have you seen that um, occur? Ooh. Oh well, Angus, of course. Yeah, he, Angus he was on the on the podcast. Yeah. Really, yeah, really good example of that. Yeah. Um, not not in comedy, but in politics. Strangely enough, yeah, pol- pol- politics slash local hip hop. You know, yes, um, yes, it's uh, two two things that uh, weren't probably meant to be good bedfellows, but yeah, uh, still, I mean, it's people's actions, people's and people, not just people's words. It's more so people's actions, I think, in mm. in in this city, and you know, the willingness for people to own up for when they're fucked up, you know. So I saw a, is, a gig of yours yeah. um, a few weeks ago, and there was a little bit of political correctness in that gig. There were a couple of girls up the back who were getting offended by certain words, yeah, um, and it ended up leaving, I think. I think after, uh, I think it was yeah, yeah. to do with saying the word slut or 
Yeah. Four or something. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I wasn't actually sure what triggered them so much, but. Uh, yeah, that was probably Nenke that was on. Um, and he is very abrasive and it can come yeah. across, uh, particularly females can sometimes be very upset with some of his material. Yeah. I sat down with him one day after he'd done a very similar thing at Dumps mm. the Fire and he explained a bit to me. Like where that joke comes from is a actually really sweet place. Yeah. And it's just that because he's like yelly and says lots of words you're not supposed to say. Yeah. People get offside and they miss his point. And, you know, that happens. But should you get fucking like disappeared into the wastelands for it? I don't think so. I don't think when you're doing comedy, you should get cancelled for what comedy you do. And it's a good segue into Louis C.K. because he got cancelled for something he really did in real life as opposed to what he did on stage. And the stuff that he said on stage probably was enough to get him cancelled. But like you said, he had the skill. Well, the skill. and the, To do that comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I remember way before the, the Louis C.K. scandal, which we'll, we'll get to, but a friend of mine, um, I was like, I'll put you on to... Like he wanted me to put it on some new comedians, not mm-hmm. new comedians, but he didn't know. Yeah. He new comedians to, to him. Yeah. So I put him onto Louis CK and he fucking was like, yeah, man. Da, da, da. Years later, again, pre-scandal, he's like, oh, there's no such funny thing as a rape joke. And I was like, back to Louis CK special market, perfect clip on your Facebook wall. What about this one? Right. So he said if he had a time machine, he would kill Hitler. Like he would go back and kill Hitler. I love that he thinks he could just kill Hitler just because he just goes back there and walk up and kill the dude. And I was thinking that's a noble purpose for a time machine. I would do that, but I would have gone back then, but I, I wouldn't have killed Hitler. I would have raped him. That's what I thought. Because I think that would have been enough. I think that would have stopped him from doing all that shit. If he had been raped by me, he never would have pulled any of that stuff, man. Should we invade Poland? No, I'll just uh, take a shower. I don't feel good. Here <laughs> Low self-esteem and, you know. I'm not condoning rape, obviously. You should never uh, rape anyone. Um, unless you have a reason, like you want to fuck somebody and they won't let you, in which case, uh, what other... <laughs> Option do you have? How else are you supposed to have an orgasm in their body if you don't rape them? I mean, what the fuck? So I played that for him, and he, you know, he swore black. Oh, I, I didn't find. I was very offended by that part of it. Like the rest of it's fine. I'm like, fuck you. There's no the, way. The first time you watched that, you laughed your dick off. Yeah. Like, or like you didn't. You do the thing that you do when you're watching a comedy special at home, especially if it's by yourself, where you go, hmm, amused. Like mm. you don't actually guffaw, but your brain. With Louis C.K. I think I probably did. Yeah, he, even by myself. He is one of the comedians that would actually, yeah. like, when I'd watch his specials, I would, I would get a real gut laugh from. Yeah. And they're rare because, yeah. like, I watch a lot of fucking comedy, and you know, I kind of watch it like fucking sports tape in a way sometimes, where I'm like watching the moves and like trying to learn from the greats, and they're not so fucking great. Yeah. To be completely honest, like. I think there can be as much learned from watching someone who's highly skilled as watching someone who's trying to figure it out. Um, and With Louis CK, I could never quite work out what he was doing that was so 
that made him that level above. I like he was just doing basically observational storytelling type stuff like yeah, everybody else. I think it's that uh we were talking about the, the talking funny mm. special where Ricky I think it's Ricky Gervais says um with Louis on stage it's like he's it's a man falling apart for your amusement. Yeah. It's because he's the target of his own vulnerability. Jokes. Yeah. And um I like I it's that's uh, this is probably saying fucking wanky but it's something I, I strive for with my comedy is to find the funny in my own vulnerability. Exactly. Because it's like, like I, can't, I can get on stage and be like, my dick's so big and I'm so fucking awesome. And yeah. this is, a, you know. You did a couple of big dick jokes when I was there. Yeah, because I'm brand new at comedy and yeah, like, trying what about. else have I got to write about? I might as well <laughs> write about my dick. It's a trope. You, you could know, have done small dick jokes. jokes. Yeah, see, I've got feedback from, from, from a punter after a show one night. It was one of like one of the first times I'd done like the big the, the whole series of big dick problems thing. Yeah, and um, he came up to me afterwards and he was like, "Yeah, man, that was really good." And blah blah blah. And he goes, it, "This is, I've actually got a recording of it. If I could pull it up later, I'll give it to you." Yeah, okay. Because I I recorded the set and then accidentally left my phone recording, so this interaction right. I had with a punter afterwards was yeah, recorded yeah. as well. And I like looked at him <laughs> like the fuck did you just say to me? Yeah. And then he like went on to go, yeah, nah, small small dick jokes would be funnier because they don't expect it. like they wouldn't expect you to tell small dick jokes and i was like i don't know in my ego and i was just like but i have a big dick i want to tell it has to be accurate it has to be truth i want to speak yeah. my truth as an artist no, but um <laughs> vulnerability is for me is what i'm seeking in my own comedy yeah um but it's not just vulnerability it's also he's self-deprecating so he's always critical of his own urges and thoughts Yes. And I think that conflict is self-aware even. Yeah. But you know, you get older and some things you can't do anymore. Some things you don't want to do anymore. That's a nice change. You feel some desires fall away. New things make you happy. But some things don't change and some things I'm sick of. Like the constant, just the constant perverted sexual thoughts. I'm so tired of those. Just the constant. It makes me into an idiot. I'm jacking off to morons and then look at my tits. Yeah, your tits are awesome. It's just a dumb part of life that I'm sick of. It's all day too. It's just you can't have a day. I just want to be a person in clothes walking in a store and just I just want to go to a library and ask for hi, ma'am. Is there, uh, I'm looking for a book about early Abraham Lincoln, like when he was like, "Shut up, wrap your hair around my dick." And shut up. Oh shit! But how does a guy who does humor like that end up getting cancelled for doing exactly what he says he does well, see, in his comedy? That, 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 for me anyway, that that piece he's talking about his internal. Constant, the constant internal monologue yep. of and, and how it is tiring and, and can it's be pretty exhausting. Yeah, it, yeah. Can, look, and um, anybody who's ever been male will relate to woman, it. If fuck anybody who's ever been human, yeah, 
constant sexual thought is not weird. No. Uh, and if you think it is, you're fucking weird. If you're not thinking about fucking like at least five times a day, I worry for you. And maybe you're busy. Maybe you don't have time for those things. Did you say five times a day? Don't you mean 500? I was trying to make it nice for the listeners, Harv. But yeah, like it's not a thing you act upon or blah, 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 blah. It's, yeah. He's talking about his internal monologue there. Yeah. However, he's being, again, like I was talking about the vulnerability of that is saying, these are the awful fucking things that I walk around with in my head. He's basically apologizing for it. Well, he says he's tired of it. Yeah. Like he's aware that is problematic. Yeah. And that it it's taking way too much of his t- attention and mm. you know, like I, I don't like I don't like kind of want to shake out tea leaves on on his comedy because mm. I see him these things as separate. Like his comedy and asking to masturbate in front of women two separate parts of someone's life that's although you can see artist. how people might link them right because he, <laughs> he, he works in a, in a business where you stand and talk about yourself in sometimes real or sometimes fictionalized ways yes you know but you do wonder how much of what he talked about on stage was fictionalized because it came across as very relatable he, he seems he seems a very autobiographical comic, yeah yeah i think but um, everything is exaggerated of course because yeah. just that you know fucking jim carrey is only funny because he exaggerates yeah not only he's, you know, but you know what I mean? Like his exaggeration is what made him yeah. fucking world famous. Yeah. So anyway, we might as well get to it. He, he, yeah. Let's he, talk about the, uh, the, the, the scandal, off, the, the, the coming on his belly. Yeah. <laughs> um, see, already I'm going to be accused of not taking it seriously enough. Well, look, I shouldn't giggle. Uh, no, you know, how dare he, but, um, uh, it, fuck, it's funny. Yeah. I can't help finding it, it funny. If you found out your mate's mum caught him jerking off. Yeah. You'd laugh. Exactly. You'd feel sorry for him. Yeah. And everybody if, involved if and the mum. If you found out that your mate asked some girl in a room if he could jerk off in front of her. Yeah. And she laughed at him and said yes or laughed at him and said no. Fucking funny. It's funny. Doesn't matter what happens. Now. In fact, any scenario where someone's observed masturbating is pretty much guaranteed to be funny. Can be. It'll get it a good also, out of me. It also is a valid kink and something that people enjoy both men and women some women like watching men jerk off some men like jerking off while a woman watches it's I, a valid thing i actually had a girlfriend ask me if she could watch me jerk off there you go so I, 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 I turned it down I said, okay no no it's private time yeah, that's um, right. no i it, look it's something i've experienced and i'm mm. happy to fucking oblige i'm like mm. whoa hey, well, i'll show you how a professional does it <laughs> yeah that's right i'll show you how this is done love yeah. what you need to know is you need to put more elbow into it yeah um, it's, it's not all wrist no uh anyway <laughs> there's several accusations though not just that one the, the phone uh yeah. hotel room like i'm not across them all i they all blend into the one kind of thing because well, the, the one thing that comes the, across to me is that he always asks permission he didn't so, wait for an answer in the hotel room though okay poor judgment yes do you cancel someone for poor judgment in what this is something else i'd like to talk about the scale of what is a bad sexual experience to what is unconsensual and rape on the other end mm. right because there is a fucking spectrum there, whether or not people want to admit it or not. Well, be careful. Matt Damon got cancelled just for saying that, that yeah. there was well, degrees. 
I'll I fuck. I will fuck. Yeah. Oh, it's what have I got here? Levels, mm. meterage, many people's first sexual experience, both male and female, is sometimes a poor sexual experience. Sure. You don't chalk it up as the other person's fault or but it was just bad. Yeah. Things didn't work. There was no chemistry. Bad sexual experiences happen. Miscommunications happen. Mm. We're fucking adults. Why don't we talk like fucking adults? But in Louis C.K.'s case, let's take the hotel room, right? He brought two girls to his hotel room. He said, do you mind if I, would you like to watch me masturbate or would you please watch me masturbate? Something like that. They thought he was joking up until a certain point and then he took all his clothes off and started doing it. They waited until he ejaculated on his stomach and then they left. Now, at what point should, would he have had an opportunity to say, I think I've overstepped the boundary here? Yeah, I don't know. It, you'd have to be in the room, right? You had, you had to be there? Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily it's, it's, judge it. The, two, the women came out two, two women's 15 words years against later. One, and with, oh, surely they had nothing to gain. Yeah, well, that's the other side of things, right? Motives. Now, here's something that's going to be a really difficult to express without sounding like an asshole, right? But the first episode of this podcast, I was talking about sexual signaling. Yeah. I think it was the very first one. Also mentioned Roseanne in that one. And yeah. um, I think a lot of that stuff comes up in this situation because yeah. if a lot of what we do, our behaviors is is like a bird dancing for another bird to attract a mate, right? Like, yeah, okay. And, and, and you could judge how, what percentage of our behavior is sexual signaling. I happen to think it's quite a lot. It might be almost everything Yeah. <laughs> where obviously you and I doing this now probably isn't sexual signaling, but in a way there's an imaginary possible girl watching right now who might be choosing between the two of us. And we're kind of signaling to that fictional yeah. lady who I don't know about you, but she, I think she, she's a brunette. She's currently typing. Of these two assholes who I both disagree with, I would fuck <laughs> this one. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, in our heads and how we behave, yeah, very yeah, subconscious yeah. and not something that we're thinking about right now when it's we're trying to prim- talk. It's, pr- it's primal. Yeah, it's, it's primal. Good. That's right. And not within our control and nothing, and not something that can be shut off. Mate, feed, kill, repeat. Yeah, yeah exactly. So if everything that we do is sexual signaling, including getting a good job or having um, uh, power or, um, you know, some people are are born good looking. Yeah. The rest of us (laughs) have to match their hats to their sneakers. Find other ways to sexually signal, right. Or to, to have something to appeal. So I was talking about this with my partner yesterday, the exact same thing about, she was told at a young age, everyone's trying to fuck you. And with that mindset, you go about life differently. It's when people are like, I can't believe my friend, he's been my friend for, you know, 10 years and we've just been plutonic friends and then he tried it on last night and I'm so upset and it's like why do you think he was your friend yeah like even it's not just your male friends it's your female friends too and guys it's not just your female friends that want to fuck you some of your male friends want to fuck you too yeah and that's the only reason they're your friend because they hope one day they can fuck you yeah like and I don't necessarily think that's a hundred percent true, but it's not a bad way to go through life. No, it's not a hundred percent being true, aware of. But you, if you're aware of it, mm. it changes the, your perspective on yeah. how things work. That's right. Um, you know, power of story. Right. Believe that story, and you change. It changes everything. I want to go back to Matt Damon and my Matt Damon moment, yeah, where I said it's a uh, a spectrum. Yeah. Now there was another uh, me toying of somebody, uh, another comedian. At 
that around the same time. Also with the Netflix deal mm-hmm. and show and all of his shit is still there on Netflix. And that, that, I didn't think they renewed the season, but mm. it's still there. It's still, he's still promoted pretty fucking heavily. Like I see it every time I open Netflix. He's got quite a few up there. Uh, if you don't know who we're talking about, it's uh, Aziz Zinzari, the fucking, the guy from Parks and Recreation. I'm just paraphrasing the story, but this is uh, how it went. Uh, he went on a date with a girl. This is her account. Um, the date was a bit creepy. He was a bit like just trying to get her home, which is, you know, whatever. Some dudes. What's the just, point of a date. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't you go with that. that? They get back to his apartment and he starts with a uh, rough face play. Now, I said this earlier to Harv and he didn't quite understand what I Did meant. Did not know what that was. So, for the listeners that don't know what rough face, face play is, you've probably seen it. Um, you might not understand it and that's understandable. But for some people, they enjoy having fingers put in their mouth stuck in their throat slapped in the face hair pulling butt slapping tit slapping all that kind of stuff rough rough play Mm. um uh, when done in a consensual and mutually agreeable way can be very fun Mm -hmm. if everyone involved is agreeable and into it however in this instance he immediately tried to like stick his fingers down this girl's throat she didn't like it and he persisted and, you know, chased her around the fucking house trying to jam fingers in her throat. Now, he didn't ask any permission or consent. No. And he persisted. I, don't, I can't remember if they ended up having sex or she blew him just to tell him to, you know, fuck off. I think, I think she did. I think that actually was the story. That sounds and that's, right. That's a valid, and that is, that is something that is not spoken about in these situations, women that have sex with men to just stop them. Mm. Because their fear like the the real danger and fear of them being maybe murdered by that that man or fucking isn't that an unreasonable fear like no someone not went so took a bit no talk about it in um size thing right yeah swap sizes with your partner so you're the smaller one right yeah how would you feel if you'd like you felt you like you disappointed someone that that was that much bigger and stronger than you I disappoint her all the time, but yeah, if, if I no, I mean that. if I switch the sizes up, I mean yeah, it does change the dynamic. Yeah, for but me, it's not necessarily me, a reasonable like fear. Because, why women are afraid of walking down the street at night, right? Yeah, but it's if not. I, no, if but I was not walk, everyone's a murderer. Was, is what I'm saying. No, not just everyone's because a murderer. Sexually no, frustrated. Or no, no, no. Whatever. I'm not saying everyone's a murderer. I'm not saying that every fucking man that doesn't get his way sexually then murders the woman. No, it's in fact quite rare. I would imagine. I would hope. Well, not rare enough. But no, but. An outlier. It is conditioned into women mm. to just give them what they want and they'll leave you alone. Yeah, well. It's awful. Yeah. And that's it's not cool. It's, it's no. And it's 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 year, years and years of years of that being the case. Yeah. And we got to a tipping point in history, right? Where things that previously were just overlooked and Oh, that was a bad experience. Yeah. And now being viewed in a different light. I mean, when you can, it's so crazy because when you consider the risk in being a child molester, speaking not of even the damage you're doing, but the risk, there is no worse life available to a human than being a caught child molester. And yet they still do it, which from you can only really surmise that it must be really good. I mean, from their point of view, from their, not ours. From their point of view, it must be amazing for them to risk so much. 
Is that joke offensive? Some people seem to think that it is. What if victims are watching? What if victims' parents are watching? It's such a sickening thing that happens to people that I know comedians try to push the limit and they sometimes take risks and they don't work. But I think with something like child molestation, it's just not funny and he's too clever. Like he could come up with a thousand different things. So what do you think would have compelled Louis to do what he did as a, like a, some kind of fetish or kink yeah it i mean it's textbook humiliation now the the reason i say that is the context that some other people gave um other female comedians not all of them named themselves but sarah silverman was one that came forward Mm -hmm. i saw that and said that uh, louis had done the same thing to her and she agreed to it and thought it was funny and laughed at him while he did it which would be humiliating right that's what is the sexual part of it is the feeling humiliated or, you know, like you're being gross or weird or, ugh, you know. What kind of childhood leads to that kind of fetish? Doesn't that be a childhood thing? You know? Everything's childhood. You know that. Oh, well, it is on this podcast. If, we, if we're going to go that way, it's like, well, it's their mother's fault. Um, it's always the parents. It's always, no, it's always the mother, as Freud would say. But I, I guess you can look for roots of it in shame. Yeah. Um, I mean, he grew up uh, strictly Catholic. Yeah. Religion's got a lot to answer for. There's a red flag there. Overbearing mother, red flag. Bad experiences with women growing up, red flag. So when you're an adult, the way that you get turned on or or one of the ways, like it's not a fucking be all and end all. Like the only way that I can come is if someone fucking spits on me and calls me a piece of shit while I jerk off, right? Mm. That's not the case. You know, people that have kinks enjoy all kinds of different sex. It's not just this one thing. I think people get lost in that. Is people are like, "There's one way to have." There's fucking not one way to have sex. There no. is. Have you watched any of those documentaries on that documentary channel called Pornhub? Like, there's <laughs> fucking there's what, many documentaries. One of my favorites. Now it's important to not use shit like Pornhub and X and X, all that. You know, all the. I'm more of an X hamster guy. Right. It's a funnier um, name. There, there are actually paid porn services like um, kink.com and FetLife and stuff like that where not only is what is presented to you explained, but like the performers can explain to you why they like the things that are in the scene. Is that part of the like the videos that they put out? They actually ex- explain and talk about? Intro and exit interviews with consent. Okay. With conversations about consent where – a producer, so you know the porn video thing. I'm I'm going off track, but I'm. I don't think it's off track. With the porn, uh, like the you know you're the porn interviewer, so you got the casting couch situation, right? Yeah. So it's the casting couch, but it's the male performer and the female performer sitting next to each other, or male, male, female, female, whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. You know, the ones I've seen have a male and a female in it, and they literally read them a list. Are you okay with this? Are you mm. okay with this? And they are free to answer yes, no, yes, no, da 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 da. da. Yeah. So all the things that are ticked off on that list that are not okay are not okay in the scene. If safe words need to be established, they're established. Someone needs a break. That's a fine thing to happen. And Mm. you don't see it because it's produced like as a thing that's happening in real time. Whereas it's not like it's a fucking film production. It's that's right. It's filmed, right? Nothing is real. If there's a video, there's fucking trust me. There's all, if you're watching like 30 minutes, of hardcore fucking, there's at least fucking two 10 minute fucking water 
breath breaks in that motherfucker, yeah. you know, like maybe even a toilet break, yeah. maybe a couple of smokes. Like there's definitely yeah, more yeah. time being taken there than that. You look at Aziz, right, and his situation now, and I'm not saying he doesn't, but if he knew more about how it's really done, this kink stuff, and you know well, how the porn's orchestrated, that kind of stuff, and maybe, he knew about safe words well, maybe, and consent. I don't know if he did, does or doesn't. Isn't and, isn't burying the the knowledge of how this stuff works and and and, and healthy ways to do it? The shame that's associated under, with sex, though, exactly isn't it? under under a stigma about sex. Isn't that what causes the issues of someone chasing someone around a table, thinking? I've seen this in porn. This works out fine. This is how it happens. Yeah. I, I definitely just, I just call my secretary in and pull my dick out and she'll suck it. To some extent, if some of the mechanizations of porn and what couples actually do or groups or whatever it may be actually do to make themselves safe in these types of situations yeah. and make sure consent is. I said it um, earlier, but be adults fucking. Yeah. Adults, be adults, people have adult conversations with people. Stop being like, if you know what you like, don't be afraid to say what you like. Yeah. Out of fear of some being, being like, ooh, a comedian friend of mine, Lucy, it's a saying I love and is, I will not yuck someone else's yum. Yeah. So if you're into whatever the fuck you're into, it might seem like the weirdest gross out shit to me, but if that's what you're into, cool. Yeah. As long as you're doing it with somebody that also enjoys it and it's safe, and you 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 guys are happy and you've taken care of each other, fucking go for it, you know? Like, why not? Well, put it this way, right? Let's say on the topic of sexual stigma, yeah. let's say Louis C.K. took a couple of girls back to his hotel room and he picked up three lemons and he said, watch me juggle. And he juggled the three lemons for five minutes until he dropped them and he couldn't juggle anymore. There would be no one who would say, Oh, this is just outrageous, right? Didn't involve his dick. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's the only thing that's different between the lemons and his dick, uh, the stigma around sex. If you don't have a stigma, if sex is an activity like anything else, like playing yeah, tennis. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I see you, what you're saying, yeah. Then there is no difference between those two scenarios. In fact, you could argue that they're more likely to get a bit of lemon juice in their eyes. So the lemons are more dangerous than the masturbation onto one's own stomach. The stigma is where... <laughs> Well, it's true though, no, right? right? The stigma is the the difference from an OHS perspective. Yeah, it's, and when uh, you think about it, yeah, from an OHS perspective, that's right. You know, and don't get me started on actual juggling sticks because they're they're really dangerous, hazardous. Very yeah. dangerous. They can take an eye out. So, um, but yeah, I, for me, it's like, well, maybe the answer isn't so much to modify people's behavior, but to actually remove the stigma about sex that comes probably from religion and. I mean, tradition and and nonsense that doesn't really have any relevance the stigma is like that's everything like across everything though it's, it's not everywhere. just sex yeah. stigma around um i mean you've you've seen lots of my recent materials about suicide yeah the reason i talk about it so much is to try and lift the stigma so people fucking talk about it yeah because the only way that those things get better is if everyone's aware of it and understand how it actually works what it's actually about and um listen to people that understand what they're talking about yeah um but instead everyone's like oh no 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 hush hush taboo mm. it's you, you can't say those things um it's the same thing when i was making my youtube videos and stuff 
I had quite a lot of sexual content in there, a lot of it that <laughs> required me to put adult ratings on things. You know, I had nudity in, in a lot of the videos. And the reason I was determined to do that, it was it was all to my detriment, right? Some of your popcorn lobotomy videos yeah. probably uh, inspired me to visit other websites after I watched <laughs> yeah, them. I'm sure they did. Uh, That's good to hear <laughs> that they had some quick sort of Quick trip positive... to celebrity skin, yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the reason I did that was to remove that sexual stigma and also to point out how ridiculous it is. Yep. Like, you have a, a girl walk past with her boobs showing in the background of a shot and all of a sudden uh, videos demonetized. Uh, you can't, you know, you have to put adult ratings on it and all yeah. this stuff. You know, I, I've got a video up there that's never been demonetized, never been noticed. It's got a good four minute scene where it's got naked girls in it. I get comments every day, like, you know, nice tits and all this stuff. It's my most popular video. Of course. Because it's, yeah. And it's like, it's for those, those, those deep, deep youtube jerk off kings exactly but, yeah but uh, that's not how i intended i you know it's, no, it's supposed to be funny but shout out to shout out to those deep it's turned out that deep way cut guy young cunts that are jerking off the youtube yeah like, that's right they don't know how to type something different into their browser <laughs> like well we've given a couple of good uh examples uh, sure yeah. yeah back to louis ck though so humiliation was the is, is the the kink there that i see yeah. In it. And and that's submissive, you said so. Submissive. You know, it's like right. an SM so type. He's that's the thing of like when they talk about he was trying to be in a power position. Well, the actual position he was trying to be was in a in a submissive position. Like mm. he wanted to be Yeah, the bottom. Or yeah. you know, he, he wanted to be topped by those girls. It's so different from having a, a exploiting a power dynamic. Well power in his head, he, he was doing that. The power dynamic sex, sex and power dynamics is what makes sex amazing mm. is the power dynamic mm. you know sometimes it goes back and forth sometimes someone's on top sometimes someone's on the bottom and that switches mm. and i mean that's a really fuck I, i'm doing a very poor job like if some sex expert or something listened to me talk about this the guy has no fucking idea well i brought you on about. as a comedy expert and you've turned out to be a kink expert no, i'm so. not a kink expert whatsoever. <laughs> well more so than me although i have some credentials because i did a popcorn lobotomy review of secretary Mm -hmm. You know that movie, right? With yeah. James Spader and um, Maggie Gyllenhaal. And uh, I got a comment on that video that said, um, if you're not a, is it master? Master and slave, right? Is that the terminology? Well, it, it, if you're not somebody's depends master, on, depends on you sh You could be mine or something like that. Right. I was like, okay. I mean, I, I had researched a little bit. Yeah. And I had some knowledge about uh, the power dynamics, the stuff you're talking yeah. about. And I said that in the video, but. I didn't think it would actually we use lots of different connect words. with that. Tops, bottoms. Right. Um, right. Uh, you know, daddy. Yeah. Daddy. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's talk about this idea of, you know, the Me Too cancel culture, all this stuff that's come out. Right. Political correctness in general. As a budding stand-up comic, yeah. do you worry about it? No. So I could tell from your act that you don't worry about it. No. Do you think there's a scenario where you could start to worry about it though? If you started no. to get more successful, you're doing no. Netflix specials no. and that's all going to be taken away from you? No. Really? No. So that means you're not obviously not doing it for financial reasons then because that's because the financial pressure is what gets you saying no to would I worry about it? No, I won't worry about it because even though I say things that are not i guess of the normal mainstream or you know like mm. the darker subjects or harsher 
takes on things. Mm. I'm careful with the words I use. Um, I can, I'm always making a point. I'm not just saying things to fucking shock people or, you know. Yeah, that's pop. true. Um, so I can back up what I have to say. Um, and I'm glad to with anybody. Would you censor yourself though? If, uh, if you're going to be on, you know, Letterman or Kimmel or something like that. I, I mean, I will, I'm happy to, um, work to a brief. Yeah. So if I get a TV spot and I'm not allowed to swear, sure. Mm. I can do five clean minutes, I guess, <laughs> but you can guarantee it'll be a clean five minutes with a heavy topic. Mm. Oh, I didn't say any swear words or anything nasty. No. no, but I talked about suicide a lot. Yeah. Like my, a friend who's very sensitive about suicide stuff. and She hasn't seen my comedy. Mm. And she was like, oh, tell me some of your new jokes. And I was like, a lot of them are about suicide. And she was like, Ugh. And I was like, oh, listen, here's one that I wrote that is just a wordplay joke. It's yeah. not even really, it's not really about suicide, but it is about suicide. So I was like, I usually do it at the start of the show when the room's empty. And I'm like, mm. oh, yeah. As you can see, we're doing well here. Uh, so on the way with the gig, I was thinking about th- killing myself and throwing myself in front of a tram. But I couldn't have thought that'd be too pedestrian. <laughs> right. That night I was there. Yeah. yeah. I like that one. I think I came up with it that night. Yeah. Um, it was just off the cuff and I just murdered like eight. It ate a bag of dicks right then too. I said it all wrong. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're being a bit hard on yourself. Anyway. I laughed. I think there were like, yeah, there, there was... There was isolated cacks. You, yeah, anyway. Not not everybody was no, on board. No, no, no. But yeah. And I, 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 whatever. I'm sorry, that good a joke. Um, I like it. Thanks. Yeah, um, Wordplay is my thing. So, 80s, uh, the the mid to late 90s through mid 2000s, mm. we had the Chappelle show and the Attitude Era. That was when and, Louis was doing his thing too. In, in wrestling yeah. and... Um, if you can think of all the inappropriate wild shit we got to watch in, the, in that time period, right? Yeah. Like, PC wasn't even, no one fucking even gave shit. No one thought about it, right? No. And then it overcorrected. Yeah. And we're right in the guts of that now. Yeah. And someone was like, uh, took about eight years last time, mm-hmm. four more years to go. <laughs> right. So it's overcorrecting, but yeah. we're kind of at the apex of that now, I think. And, It'll eventually start going down the other way. And in the 2020s, 20 to 2030s, we'll maybe get back to where we were as a society where everybody didn't need to be wrapped in plastic. And they could, uh, you know, the old saying of voting with your feet. If you didn't like it, you don't have to fucking watch it. Mm. And it's not for you. If you don't like it, it's not for you. So don't watch it. Yeah. But don't take it away from the people that do like it. Mm. Because it's not hurting anybody. It's just art. It's just expression. It's just music. It's just someone being a fucking idiot. That's the thing I always think. It's just someone being an idiot. Like racism is like the most taboo thing, right? Like if you if you group uh, take a group of people, um, divide them up based on their race and make assumptions about one of them or two of them or whatever, mm. it's considered like the worst thing that you could possibly do. It's not real. It's like unless you're acting out on that group, just yeah. believing it, then you're just stupid. That's all it is. It's yeah. just you, you. You've got misconceptions about the world and how how the Raci- world works. Racism isn't name calling. It's from the top down. So yeah, what I was saying, like that bell curve of like we'll get back to that. We don't give a fuck thing. I think that when we get back to we don't give a fuck and we could say what we want, 
the other thing that's been going on in society and that we're learning about one another and each other's cultures and becoming more accepting of everything and when we get back to that it's going to be fucking amazing because it's Mm. going to be open slather on everybody it's going to be coming from all angles everyone Mm. will be allowed to make fun of each other again (laughs) without fear of well at the moment losing your fucking career and your livelihood or your life's work in roseanne's case Mm. when that they did that vice video they took her to her house and they're showing the walls and walls of fucking awards she was she's won and they go up and they show the mark Tain, mark twain award for free speech wow and i'm like how the fuck she didn't like brain herself with that that night like how mm. do you get given the nation's highest award for free speech and then be cancelled for making an off-color joke pardon the pun mm. to because you weren't you're unsure of the race of the person you were making the joke about Oh, the thing that I wanted to um, bring up about the Louis C.K. thing is the movie that he had made just before he got accused of sexual misconduct and all that stuff, which was called I Love You, Daddy. I remember looking forward to this movie. I knew it was a bit of a throwback movie and it was, uh, no matter what, it was Louis C.K. and I knew it was going to be good. If nothing else, he's a brilliant writer. He's a, um, he's a brilliant auteur. Auteur, yeah. They're fucking, like I've been really I'm disappointed that I've got, I've basically got all the streaming services at the moment. Have you? But I don't have, I, I really want to rewatch the first three seasons of Louis. Right. What, what, what streaming service do you need to watch Louis? Where, where would it be? I don't know. It's been removed, right? Yeah. Yeah. The only thing of Louis you can really find is like a few of his old stand up things. I mean, like he's still on Netflix. Yeah. Tw- yeah. Netflix tw- 20, 2018's on there and hilarious. And all I actually still on I read an article that said where he was removed. He was deleted from most things, but Netflix wasn't one of them. But I Love You Daddy was actually a story about uh, Louis C.K. plays a father with a daughter, similar, probably a little bit older than his real life daughters, I think. How, how was the girl in the movie, roughly? 16, 17, something like that. She gets preyed upon by a famous Hollywood director or financier of some kind, I'm not sure. He's like a supposedly like a, a Woody Allen type or maybe a Harvey Weinstein or something like that. But she's Harvey Allen. Harvey Allen, yeah. That's, that's Woody yeah. Weinstein. That's <laughs> Woody Weinstein, that's good, yeah. And um, yeah, the stories about that, it even in, apparently involves a scene that, where someone um, mimics masturbation in front of someone. Doesn't actually yep. do it, but mimics masturbation. Everyone's pointing to all that. And, and that movie got cancelled a week before its premiere when yeah. the allegations came out. They decided yeah. not to distribute it. So in theory, it doesn't exist. It's not available, but it actually did get a small release. It got some preview screenings and you can get a DVD screener of it Yeah, if you know where to look. Right. So was it any good? <laughs> uh, I haven't watched it yet, but we maybe we'll watch it, it after this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, but um, it looks good. It's, it's a black and white film. Of it's course. obviously inspired by Woody Allen. Yeah, which is why when they say that the character is a Woody Allen type, I'm like, I don't think he was trying to criticize Woody Allen by making this movie. He seems seems like a homage. No, but he also may be doing what most people should do and separating the art from the artist. Yeah, well, that's right. Because he is clearly inspired by Woody Allen's art, but as far as I know, he hasn't like stolen any of his wife's children and no. started to fuck them. So, well, I hope not. Yeah, no. but Woody Allen. Well-regarded member of, of the community and still is allowed to make movies whenever he likes. So I have a theory about why Louis C.K. was... Because, let's face it, 
probably a large percentage of people in the public eye have something that they've done in the past. You know, if you if you include a, a time frame of 15, 20 years in the past. Or just even anyone. Most people in most the world people have would have something right, that they're ashamed, ashamed of. of. Yep. Or, you know. That could be uh, that could be come out into the public eye and and cause the cancel culture to come down. But it seems to me there are people being selected on a very uh, narrow basis for like people who are not expendable don't have this happen to them. No, it seems like it's the expendables who end up getting this cancel hammer thrown down on them. Yeah, Roseanne being an exception to that, she was a gold mine who somehow got cancelled anyway, and I can't explain that. But in Louis C.K.'s case, the way that it was explained, and it was that that's, that shit sounded like a mafia hit. You think so? Like the way she describes it, she sent the tweet, went to sleep, yeah, woke up, and it was all everything was in motion. She was already sacked. It's exactly how I think of it as a mafia hit. Yeah, you know, last week I don't know if you heard the episode, but last week I was talking about the music industry and and how it operates like a mafia and it mm. has a mafia influence and. Um, how that's, I'm not saying that's necessarily exactly how it works, but, mm. but you can see the patterns, of, you know, this is how the mafia did yeah. things and this is how the music industry yeah. seems to operate. And in this case, I think it's similar where, where there are certain people who were selected to be discredited and Louis CK, I think in his case, it's really obvious. I don't know how you feel about it, but he was bucking the system. He was selling his DVDs directly on his website. No one was making a cut. Except maybe his agent and manager and stuff. He still had a few production, like you know, production. But he's covering the production no, he costs co- as well. Covered the costs of the production. So for Horace and Pete, he did at least. Yeah, anyway, he that's was what spending... I mean. Like he's he should be allowed to sell it because he paid for it to be made. Yes, but he had ex- he had he was no longer paying the piper. His usefulness to the industry was zero. He was making money for himself and a few people close to him, and that's it. Yeah, I remember when the the was it the first thing he put out. And it was the special for five bucks. Yeah. I was early, like I was early on Twitter then. That was when he made a million dollars overnight or whatever, it right? It was like $5 million. No, no, but overnight he Over, made a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. he went to, again, going to bed and waking up. He went to bed and woke up with millions of dollars in his yeah. PayPal account. Like, That's right. what the fuck have I just done? Yeah. Um, he's like, you know, I didn't actually have millions. I had to pay I, a lot I of bills. I think he even and, gave most of it to charity or something and kept a million. I think that was the story, something like that. I can't imagine myself being that generous. But but no one got rich out of that except Louis C.K. And it was win-win. You know, the yeah. people in power who who just leech off other people's talent, they don't like win-wins. No. They want a win-win and I get a cut. <laughs> well, yeah, here we go. Yeah, it makes sense. Louis disappears. Dave Chappelle gets a fucking $50 million Ford deal. I mean, he's now kind of getting cancelled too now that he's done his five special thing. Like he gives a fuck. He got all the money. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's moved, he can he can move back to South Africa if he wants now. Yeah, that's right. Good on him. He's untouchable. Yeah, he he, he he got he he got Louis C.K. He did. In we, the end. And we don't know the fucking story, the actual story of what really happened with Dave Chappelle at the end of that. Well, we know what he said in the bird revelation, though. Yeah, for me, it's really clear what happened, but. Everybody yeah. has their own interpretation. Yeah, I'm yeah, okay yeah. with it, but for me, it just seems really obvious. It is, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me too. Yeah. But he disappeared for, what, a decade, 12 years? Yep. And came back the biggest, baddest monster in comedy again. Yep. And fucked those people back. Yep. For the tune yep. of the money that 
He was already owed. He was already owed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I don't know. I don't know when we have to wait to to get Louis back before the PC police and. Well, I just checked. He's touring in November in America. Okay. About half a dozen states. Okay. Doing a few little shows okay. around. You can buy tickets. Okay. So he's edging his way back. He must be just testing the market to see. Uh, are they going to accept me back now? Because he knows his fans want him back, right? Might, he knows this. I might, I might buy tickets. And some if he was coming to Australia, I would, I I would totally I'm thinking go with like you. This, this, this fucking thing. <laughs> it gets good. Well, a little but bit then of... there'd be an empty seat. No, no, no. I'll go. Oh, you'll actually go fly to the US yeah. to, to go? Just to shout down any fucking <laughs> ass fucking assholes that like try and ruin the show. There'll be some. Oh, yeah. Protesters will turn up. Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let it let, let me at him, Louie. Let me at him. Yeah, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I'm glad he's touring. Uh, I'd hope it goes well. Yeah, well, we'll I see. Yeah, you know, we'll this see. is this it'll is the next fucking, chapter. It'll, it'll be a fucking circus. It'll probably be some. You know, he should um, he should do like like they did in wrestling sometimes, an empty match arena. Yeah, empty uh, empty arena match. So he should just do like a special with no laugh track and no people in it. It's just him telling jokes for an hour. I'd buy it. Me too. Especially if you put it up for five bucks direct on his website. <laughs> I had the whole end thought. Yeah. I was going to tack it on to the end, just record it, you know, read it out. Yeah. I think I'll run it by you because I think it's a little out there. Go um, for it. Uh, but a, uh, an end thought about political correctness, basically. Yeah. As So I like to think of all of the world, you know, the population of the world, it, maybe even the animals, but at least humanity, as like an organism that, acts as an organism, not, not necessarily a magical collective consciousness, but just as a, a single entity that has characteristics that are like uh, an individual or like a single cell in an individual. And I see these patterns at different scales. And I've you know, put that in the podcast before, the sort of different examples of that. In this case, I was thinking, well, what the fuck is political correctness in that context? And I think what it might be is a purging mechanism where we need to overcompensate for a period of time to get rid of a undesirable aspect of society you said it's probably temporary yeah maybe eight years maybe that'll be enough but that kind of supports what i'm trying to say so we have this cancer on humanity which is these sort of psychopathic individuals right and the characteristics of of a, of a full-fledged psychopath is a lack of empathy mm. and it occurred to me you know when i was in the shower or taking a shit or something like that when when you really have time to think that perhaps the political correctness overcorrection towards being oversensitive is a way for society to sort of weed out people who can't have empathy mm. because the one person who can't be politically correct is a psychopath right because they don't have the empathy they don't understand they can do it. They could probably learn to do it mechanically, but they can't actually predict it. You're right there, Harvey, yeah. So if political correctness keeps getting more and more, it keeps advancing and the rules keep changing, the psychopaths won't be able to keep up with that. You get your Harvey Weinstein, who's yeah. like, he probably doesn't know what he did. Like, he's, he's quite clearly a candidate for, I'm not going to accuse him of being a psychopath because that might be slander, but for fuck's sake, if anybody is, uh, right. he would definitely be on the list of people you would check. Yeah, yeah. Right? So what if, you know, uh, what if humanity as a, as a single organism has this kind of cancerous aspect of the 
of, of, of the community of the society or yeah. whatever of the organism in general. And this is just like a, a sort of a temporary fluctuation to try and flush out. It's like fucking the disease. We've been given antibiotics. Exactly. It's like, you know, when your body gets a temperature, it's really yeah. just to kill the organisms that aren't supposed to be there. We don't need them it's anymore. bad for us too, but then the temperature goes back down again. That's a very interesting theory. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I came up with that, but it, it and it doesn't quite make sense. It's a little bit out there, but it's there's something to it. If I had more time to think about it, I might actually be able to express it in a way that made sense. But no, that made that made sense. I've got a friend, and he says uh, that the only way to change society is to develop a way to detect psychopaths and just line them all up and shoot them. Mm. And I'm a humanitarian. I don't would never endorse a solution that involves shooting people. But the more I talk to him, I have no refutation of his theory. That probably would make things better mm. <laughs> temporarily, yeah. at least. You know, because I think that you know the pattern that we have is that that people who are less empathetic, and I, I include myself in that. I, I don't mean it as a you know evil people or good or bad people or anything like that. Because I have trouble with empathy myself. Yeah, we were talking about it briefly before. I just don't care about all the things I should. Yeah. You know, I, I well, know you I'm supposed to. You can't to, care about all the things, and that's that's another problem with the political correctness thing. Is everyone feels like they need to care about all the things equally, and you can't care about everything equally. You need to pick what you care about and what you don't care about. And guess what? People's fucking priorities are different, so people well, care about different shit. But there's an also an, an objective aspect to that where you've got. Louis C.K. masturbating onto his stomach in front of two girls who were free to leave. Was there a cup? And genocide. You know, you've, you've, I think objectively everybody would agree, you know, genocide is worse because just on the sheer numbers, no one died in Louis C.K.'s situation. No. Um, in oh, fact, no, no, no. Yeah, no, Louis' career. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And possibly. It was just. It was just, it was, Early, Possibly the innocence of the, the girls. Early, yeah. <laughs> I doubt it. I though. fucking doubt it. See that that's again people be like victim blaming. I'm like, well, come on, two girls go up to a hotel room with an entertainer. What the mm. fuck's going on there? Mm. Not going up there to sign contracts. Like, well, I think if a contract had been signed, they would have been pretty happy with that result, though. I mean, they weren't hanging out with him just because he was a great guy or you know super good looking. I mean, they knew he was Louis C.K. Yeah. And they wanted careers in the same industry that yeah. he was in. So um, they're lucky they didn't fucking go upstairs with Harvey. Yeah, that's <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Yes, <laughs> that's right. right. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, Woody Weinstein. At the end of it all, I guess I, I just want Louis C.K.'s comedy back. Yeah, me too. I'm ready to forgive him. I think he did some damage. He knows it. He's probably hasn't done it for a while, or if he has, it's been less uh, less of a non-consensual situation, hopefully. Um, I don't care if he wants to jerk off in front of people. In fact, if he wanted to jerk off in front of me, I don't even know what I would say. But I'd pay. Five bucks, louisck.com. <laughs> do you know how much money you'd fucking make? Don't give him ideas. He might, <laughs> he might actually do that. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, there's- Own it. If, you, if you're looking for humiliation- Filming yourself jerking off. Yeah. And, some, and putting it on <laughs> your I mean, own website. It's not an original idea. There's plenty of those videos that you can find on the internet. Yeah. You wouldn't be, but I reckon he might corner the market. I, you know, it still amazes me now. I've known about it for years now, but the fact that there's such a thing as a cum tribute is just amazing to me. 
This, yeah. This idea that um, you're jerking off onto a, a picture on your iPad. Yeah. To tell a celebrity how much. Yeah. You find them attractive. It's just weird to me. Yeah, I I found that part of the internet one day too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I went, all right, boys. Um, <laughs> I guess it's the same as when I used to like come on a magazine and it's not the same, but I, I didn't then cut it Upload out. Upload it to Pornhub. No, well, I didn't think, well, I'm going by my age. I didn't then cut it out, find out the Put it in target, tar- target models address <laughs> yeah, right. and then send it to her house with, with a you're note. Welcome. To, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Come tribute. Uh, it's hilarious. And I think maybe, you know, in his heart, that's all Louis C.K. was trying to do. Bit of a come tribute to He's those two girls in the hotel room. Ahead of his time. He was. He was the original finally, he contributist. Was a, and finally, if he was an 18-year-old in the late 2010s, he'd be a, a, a fucking Twitter superstar. 